When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My friend, fellow broadcaster, author, and mom, Paula Ferris, joins me today on the podcast for a really great discussion that I so enjoyed. Paula is not only an award-winning journalist, podcaster, speaker, and best-selling author, but she is an avid supporter and trustee of the Boys and Girls Club of America and founder of Carry Media, a multimedia platform dedicated to supporting and advocating for working women. Paula's story is really one that I can identify with because she's someone that just gets it. She places importance on raising her family and being a mom to the highest level. So much so that she left this crazy TV business and New York City to focus on that part of her life while also wanting to help other moms who are trying to balance motherhood with career, trying to, quote, carry it all on their shoulders. Paula has visited Fox and Friends many times to talk about her various exciting projects, and she's just one of those people you want to have as a best friend. She's honest, sincere, and tells it like it is. Because so much messaging surrounds us right now, it's a constant drumbeat of overwhelming news, and it's so easy to lose focus of what's important. But Paula is someone who has definitely made it a mission to help others, in particular moms and families looking for guidance. She also has this awesome new children's book called Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? And I think it should be used in schools across the country because the theme is wonderful. Plus, all proceeds go to the Boys and Girls Club, which she will talk about in our conversation. Please welcome my friend and amazing human being, Paula Ferris, on the Janice Dean podcast. Paula, you made the Dean's List. I did? (laughs) You did. And at some point, there will be a sticker I will send to you because we've been saying this for a year now. There has to be some kind of reward for making the Dean's List. I I am so grateful. Yes, a sticker, something I can put on my jacket, you know, because you have to have a letterman's jacket. So thank you. I'm so excited. This is like the first Dean's List I've ever made in my life. Oh, stop it. Tell me, I mean, tell me, what were you like as a student? Oh, my gosh. I was that kid that worked hard, mm-hmm. but really struggled. To really? Take tests. Yeah. I mean, I got good grades. I got A's and B's, but I had to work really hard. I've, I've had ADHD my entire life. So it's just the comprehending and um, the comprehending of things. I always have to read things like three or four times. I mean, I remember growing up, Janice, I would just be in tears reading from my textbooks because I would read it and I wouldn't comprehend it. And I'd keep reading it and I couldn't comprehend it. And I couldn't comprehend it. So it just wouldn't ever sink in. So I was one of those kids. I've always had to work hard no matter what it is especially in academics. I got good grades. You know, I graduated with honors and all of that, but it it didn't come easy. I was not like naturally gifted, naturally smart. My daughter, who is the exact opposite of me, she's like valedictorian, works hard, but like comprehends everything. She'll often tell me, she'll say, she'll say, mom, it's okay. You're street smart. So I have that going for me. When did you know there was something not connecting? 
Oh, gosh, when I was young. I mean, just when I from the time I was really young and you're talking about academically. Well, uh, like the ADHD connected. I didn't know that about you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering how did your parents know there was something? Did a teacher say something? No, I don't think it was ever. I mean, I grew up in the 70s and 80s and we were just, you know, we didn't talk about that sort of thing. Um, But it it manifests itself in school. Um, My parents knew that I had to work really hard to get good grades. I mean, I would get a, I I remember got a D my freshman year in college. I just couldn't. It was always that transition year. So like the transition to high school, I really struggled. The transition to college, I really struggled. Um, but it didn't mean that I didn't work hard. I just, things weren't always connecting. And I I have had ADHD my whole life, but I don't, I I think it can be a superpower. Mm. I really do. It helps me to hyper-focus on certain things. And um, I think we can say it's a crutch. And if we say, then that's going to be the soundtrack in our mind. So mm. I've, my, I've tried to turn the soundtrack into a positive one that it is a superpower. And it really is. I think it allows me to really flourish in certain areas and like get hyper-focused on things that are really important to me. Did we have a diagnosis back then or was it always there and we just didn't know to put a name on it? Sure. I mean, 100 percent. I mean, I knew I didn't have to be I was officially diagnosed in my 30s. I think it was when I was living in New York City and I went on meds and I'm like, I don't I didn't like the meds because Mm -hmm. I felt like they took my edge off. Mm -hmm. Um, So I stopped taking them. But I mean, everyone that's been around me, my childhood friends, my high school friends, my college friends are like, you have the worst ADHD. So (laughs) it's just it. And I've uh, like to to sit through a sermon or sit through a lecture. It's very hard for me. And I have had my coping mechanisms, you know, like that's why I was always chewing gum or had a mint something to keep me engaged, Mm. you know, because my mind would just like it would just it so easily just spirals and goes in a different direction. When I'm reading, it does the same thing. I'm like, I don't remember. How did I like read that? And my mind went someplace totally different. So the same thing happened. So I have to, even in broadcast journalism, um, my co-anchor, when I anchored GMA Janice, he would joke that I always had a notepad next to me because I had to write things down. That's Mm -hmm. part of the coping is if I hear it, I write it down and writing it down helps me to comprehend it and to get it to absorb. And so he joked that I always had my nerd pad with me. And I'm like, hey, it's just, it's how I cope. It's one of my coping mechanisms. So you you learn to, you learn to, to cope with what you have and to, instead of allowing it to be a crutch, I, 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 I flipped that script and I said, this is going to be my superpower. Hmm. And did you tell them, did you tell your coworker that this is, you know, this is what you do to cope with, you know, certain oh, yes. learning I, disability? Yes. I, yeah. No, I, I don't want to see yes. disability. Nope. I'm not no, going to say disability. No, it's just, it's just a challenge, right? Yes. It's a, it's a, and all of us have certain issues. Like some of us are auditory learners. Some of us, I'm very much a kinesthetic learner. So like, that's why I have to do it in order to comprehend it. And I just think the curriculum, the world isn't really set up for kinesthetic learners. Mm. If you show me, if I can actually walk through it, um, I'm a visual learner, but I have to do it in order to learn it then I'm golden, then I'll never forget it. But it's like all this information just flowing at me and I have no visual context. Um, It's really challenging. Mm -hmm. So I just think the world's not really set up um, for kinesthetic or visual learners. Well, good for you to talk about it because, you know, I I feel like TV can be sort of this weird business where we're (laughs) all done up with our hair and makeup and we're, you know, sort of this 
I don't know. I don't think of myself as perfect at all, um, but I can see how people looking in it, you know, the lights are on you and you're looking the best you've ever looked before because you have a lot of help that way. Um, Uh, And and it's hard to, you know, share something with the viewer when you are kind of told in this business that you can't. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to obviously portray that that perfection. Right. But I've always I think that my style, Janice, has always been inviting the listener or the viewer in to this real life. I try to keep it real. I try to be authentic and I try to share those challenges, the highs and lows of life in a relatable way, because I think vulnerability is strength. And um, so I've I, I've always tried to be my authentic self and goofy and that's fine. I don't I don't need to portray perfectionism because that's just such a farce mm-hmm. and it just sets ourselves up for unnecessary um, disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just who I am and I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect. I love that about you um, because Thank I think it's, it is important, especially nowadays, you know, it, we talked about this being a mom and trying mm-hmm. to have a job and be a, a good wife and a good daughter yeah. and a sister. Um, you know, we can't have it all sometimes. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, I think, um, you know, we've been told, oh, you, you can't have it all. You can have it all, but not at the same time. Right. And I do think like being a, a female, a woman, a mother in America is a disadvantage in many regards because we're forced to make this choice that women in other countries aren't forced to to make. And yes, women in other countries are dealing with other issues, poverty and famine and war, but they're never they never have to make this choice, Janice, between working and being a mother. It's just kind of expected. They don't they don't suffer with mom guilt because they don't have a choice but to work. They take a great amount of pride in working and helping to contribute to the home. On the opposite side of that, though, they have a lot of support from their family, from their community, from the policymakers. The attitude in other countries isn't your kid, your problem, which is very much the attitude here in America. Your kid, your problem. Well, I'm not I'm not going to help pay for child care. I'm not going to help raise that kid. In other countries, they're their brother's keeper because they realize that children are the future. They're our greatest natural resource. They are going to be the future labor market, right? So they're just a much different attitude about families in general. But yeah, I think here in America, it's very much an American thing. The mom guilt, you got to carry it all. You can't ask for help because if you ask for help, you're weak or you're a failure. Um, And it's just, it's very isolating here um, in America because we don't have that interdependence that many other countries do where they have a family member living with them. They have a supportive community. They have a a supportive um, support from the policymakers. So it's, it's almost like we have to wear this mommy martyr badge with, that's that's the dean's list right mm-hmm. is like i can do it all well guess what you can carry it all and do it all but you're gonna break down eventually it's not healthy we weren't meant to do life alone we weren't meant to isolate ourselves we weren't meant to not ask for help so that's something that i've really tried to you know weave into my motherhood the last couple of years is just saying i can't do this on my own I mean, I can, but I'm going to be I'm going to be burnt out and like the least healthy version of myself. So I ask for help. I drop balls on a daily basis. You know, I go into each day knowing I'm going to drop a ball. I'll drop the plastic one. I'll keep the glass one in the air. Um, I asked my friend today. I'm like, I can't get my son to practice. Can you? I don't feel bad asking for help anymore Mm. because I have built a community and built a village where we say, 
look, we all need help. We can't do this without one another. And that's actually a sign of strength, knowing that other people are sewing into my kids, this community, these other adults that I trust, they're sewing into my children. We're helping one another out. We don't feel bad when we ask for help. Um, so just like dropping, dropping all of that, like kicking it to the curb. You don't have to carry it all. And I know people, a lot of moms are like, or women are like, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah, I understand that to some to some degree, but we have to start asking for help. Mm. We we have to like enlist our children and let our children fail. Let our children start doing their own laundry and helping out with dinner. And if they don't do it, guess what? There's consequences. Yeah. <laughs> They'll figure out that they don't have any clean clothes. You know, you don't have to do everything for everybody. Um, get your kids to step up. Make sure that your spouse, if you have a, a, a partner, is carrying their their share. This is not the 1950s where, you know, like we're the only generation, this weird like Gen X generation, Janice, is like, and even that bleeds into a little bit of the millennials and a little bit of the boomers is we're told like, have a job, be career minded, but also like be a good mom. And it's like, we're supposed to parent like we don't have a job and have a job like we don't have kids. And so um, we just, we need community. We need to, to, to realize we're going to drop balls every day and we can't carry it all. It's not healthy. It's not sustainable. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, I do. I rely on my neighbors. Uh, you know, we've lived in it's the amazing. same community for so over good. a decade. And we know, I mean, even when it comes to, you know, my oldest has football practice every day and we have our car, carpool all set up, you know, yes, so that awesome. we're not constantly going back and forth after work um, because the burnout does set in. And it's probably yes, it one of the number one things I tell new moms is don't be afraid to ask for help because that's something so good. I didn't yeah. do. I thought I could do everything. And yeah. and if I failed, it was on me. Um, mm -hmm. And so I try to make sure. And I also say, if you are somebody that wants to go back to work, don't feel guilty for wanting no. to go back to work. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We very much demonized that with women that, hey, know your role. It's at home. It's in the kitchen. That was a that's a 1950s and 1960s. That's still the generational weight that we're carrying. Most moms have to work. Um, we again, but we feel this tremendous guilt because of the generational weight. That's the 50s. That's when we started pushing men out of the home and women out of the workforce. And we were told that we were a menace if we had any aspirations. But like the most traditional family in American history, Janice, is the family where the spouses, the partners worked, mm -hmm. they co-labored, they co-parented, right? They parented together, they labored together, they produced together, they worked side by side, they worked really, really hard. And we we have we have miscast women as like, if you have any desire outside of the home, you obviously can't be a good mom. And if you're working, you're obviously not raising your children. But look, I think that's great advice that you gave new moms. And also like, if you don't have the help, start be that help to somebody else yes. create your own circle start the carpool line 
offer to your neighbor, hey, I'm going to watch your kid on Friday night. Don't wait for the community to come to you. Take some initiative and be that help to somebody else that you so desperately need. And that's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. When did you make the decision to leave, you know, television broadcasting as a Mm full-time job? Um, well, the decision was in some ways made for me. So in 20, I, I wrote about this in my my first book um, in 2018, I pumped the brakes because um, I was I was anchoring Good Morning America weekends. I was co-hosting The View and I was just burning the candle at both ends. And I felt like I couldn't be a good mom. <clears throat> I felt like I was failing everybody. Um, and I did allow, I'll be honest, the mom guilt really did inform a lot of that decision. And that does I can look back at that and say, I really did allow the guilt of of working to get to me, but I pumped the brakes in 2018 at ABC and then asked to be moved into a much less prestigious position. I said, just, I just need to be, could I be a correspondent? Because I just need to get my life back. Cause mm. I was working weekends and I had maybe Monday off and I was working Saturday, Sunday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was working like almost every day. So I needed to get my life back. Um, so, I asked to be demoted. It's essentially like if you're a head coach saying, hey, can you make me the quarterbacks coach or can I be the special teams coach? But I needed it to get my life back. And um, and then a year, a little over a year later, ABC decided not to re-sign me. And it kind of surprised me because I had at the time I was still one of the most, res- re, you know, um, what's the word I want? requested correspondence. I was still contributing every day. I was still getting big interviews and they chose not to resign me right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I always knew there was going to be a time when TV would be in my rearview mirror. (laughs) So I just didn't anticipate it to be then. And I didn't anticipate it to happen that way. I've never lost a job. Um, And so I interviewed around, I interviewed at Fox. I interviewed at a couple of other networks and I just, Janice, I just felt like there was something else out there for Mm. me. Um, and so I think we often have to be pushed onto the path we're supposed to be on. It can come from pain. And for me, it was losing my job, but it forced me to figure out what do I want to do next? Do I want to stay in TV, which is the safe, expected, comfortable choice or try something different? And I had long had it on my heart to advocate for mothers, uh, for motherhood and mothers in the workplace. So I decided to, my husband and I kind of blew up our lives. We left Manhattan. We moved to a small town in South Carolina. Um, we have our three kids here and we just kind of prayed about next steps. And for me, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I just did the next right thing and the next right thing. And then that eventually led to founding Carry, which is a, a content and media company that we provide load lessening content for working moms who are carrying so much. So I found it. I don't know anything about founding a company. I'm not an entrepreneur, but I have a passion. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm just going to go for it. So I founded Carrie a couple of two years ago um, from my living room in South Carolina. And I'm talking to you right now from my home in a little cutout office from my son's bedroom that we cut in half. So we've made it work and we're doing really, really well. What about the support of your husband? Because I feel that mm-hmm. I'm so grateful to Sean. He would do exactly the same thing. You know, if we, yeah. if I, mm-hmm. God forbid, lost my job tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, we would we would be a team and we would figure out what worked uh, for, mm-hmm. for both of us. Um, so tell me about that dynamic, because you really need the support of, uh, you know, a, you a great spouse. Well, I think, you know, my story of spousal equity, yours, those are the exceptions because there's still even, you know, Harvard 
there was a study done not long ago and they they talked to like tens of thousands of harvard business school graduates men and women and still the expectation was that the men's the man's job would would always outweigh the women's uh so if the woman had a baby it was just expected that she would take a back seat she would put her career on hold she would pause and a lot of that is because it just makes sense financially because the men are often making a lot more than the women. I mean, the, the stats are still out there that mothers make 70 cents on the dollar and that we're scrutinized and penalized for having children and we're passed over on promotions. So it's just, it's crazy to, to, to think that we are an anomaly. I'm so grateful for my husband because we have truly approached this like a partnership. We've talked about it. Um, it's always a decision we make together. It's not my career and his career. It's kind of like, our career, mm -hmm. our partnership, and it ebbs and flows. And what's re been really great about um, seeing my husband rewarded. So when we first got married, Janice, we've been married 23 years now. But when we first got married, he was a college basketball coach. He he played college basketball, was an All-American, loves basketball, and always thought that college that bas that coaching would be kind of his thing. And um, as my career started to take off, he he was like, you know what, we need to pursue this. So he left his job back in 2000, 2001 um, of coaching so that I could, we could pursue my career. And that took us through Dayton, Ohio and Cincinnati, Ohio and Chicago and New York, because that's how it works. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, he's since he's a very successful commercial real estate, um, he was an agent and then a manager. And he's been with the same firm for, I think, 13, 14 years now and doing really well. But um, to see everything kind of come full circle when we came back down, when we decided to move to South Carolina, um, which is where my sister lives. That's what brought us down here. Um, he's still with the same company. They, they um, worked with him to create a different position for him so that he could basically work from home and or work remotely and then travel a little bit. But he's had opportunities to coach again. So it's all I'd love mm. to see how God has honored that that desire on his heart. He's coaching. He's the assistant high school uh, varsity coach. He's coaching youth uh, basketball at the sports academy. So this great love of his has come back into his life. And I've loved to see, I, I just, it's so rewarding for me, his spouse, who I've seen him put his dreams on pause for, for mine, for our dreams, right? Like my dreams have become his dreams. And that's, that's like, it's just, I can't, I can't. I can't talk highly enough about yep. my husband and it's so rewarding to see everything kind of come back. I know. And to see him honored in that capacity. I wish it for everyone. I really do. I wish I do to have this amazing a partnership. You know, obviously you fall in love and then you have kids, but it really is um you need to talk about everything and you need mm -hmm. to be on the same page when it comes to raising kids and That's right. um and and how you're going to support your family and i feel we are really blessed i feel the same way about sean i would Great. i would love you know he's about to retire from the fire department he's given 28 years of his life to oh, and i Janice. really want him to find something in this second half that really gives mm -hmm. him joy um and so, you know, that's what I'm hopeful for. And we've talked about it. You know, I've told him, listen, if you want to teach somewhere, you know, I think I think he has a lot to offer when it comes to, you know, teaching what he does in, in, in his profession 
to um, other young men or women that are planning to get into you know, being a first responder or, um, you know, being in security or, um, you know, counterterrorism, which is what he studied in school. Wow, um, you know, great. I would love that for him. And I we've talked about that, that I would, you know, gladly have a discussion if that's something that he would pursue. So, you know, I think as, you know, as a married couple, it's really important. You can lose that sometimes when you have young kids and you're shuttling totally. and you're doing all that to not sit down and really say, hey, how can I help you today? Yeah, cheering one another on, like being your partner's biggest supporter. And that also includes making sure that the domestic labor, I have a lot of faith in this new generation, these millennial dads, Janice, because there's a lot of research that's come out that says they're spending like three times more time with their children hmm. and, and doing things around the home than their dads did. Because it was this division of labor before, oh, that's a woman's work or that's yep. man's work. And now we're realizing this is a part, like raising kids is a partnership. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge strain on any relationship is if the expectation is all on the mom to to, to figure it out yeah and so these 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 younger dads that are stepping into fatherhood who are so involved out of the gate i i would like i'd love to do some sort of study 10 15 years down the road and see what divorce rates look like because it's a huge strain on a relationship when one partner is carrying the share of everything and that's mm -hmm. managing the home that's working that's um, raising the children it's like why is it a just the mother's job to raise the children this should be our job together collaboratively to raise the children so I, I, I have a lot of faith in this next generation. Good. But, I'm glad yeah, really because, you do. know, we do I hear do. about all this doom and gloom and, and you no, know, I have a lot of faith in them. Uh, it's yeah. amazing. And my husband's the same way. It's like he even said, I'm the CEO of kids, the lunches right now. That's and he's awesome. proud of it. You know, <laughs> that's great. You know what? But there's no job. Like, what do we put more value on that? You have to be at work or that he has to get the kids to a doctor's office. And it's like those are those are both important. Mm -hmm. Like we have to. We have to support one another. We both have to step step up. But I think you guys are an inspiration. You well, I we feel are. the same way. Do you miss it? Do you miss the TV stuff? <laughs> um, sometimes I do. Like I, but I really still have an opportunity to be in conversation with people. And that what I loved most was connecting with mm -hmm. people and 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 interviewing and being in conversation. And I have a new show that's launching October third, the Paula Ferris Show. Uh, life happens. Let's talk about it. Where I'm able to have really like raw, honest conversations about real life with people. So that like fills my bucket. Um, the TV thing is like, yeah, I, I miss bits and pieces of it. I will say I I do have a lot more um, uh, respect for New York City. I I think I appreciate New York City in a different way now that I'm not living there because I can actually you know, soak up everything that it has to offer when I do visit, when mm. I am in the city. And I'm super grateful for my time, but my time in TV, but everything's there's, we have new chapters. And just because I left doesn't mean that 10 years down the road, I can't get back in. I yes. think we, we limit ourselves so much. I have to figure out one thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And like your husband's trying to figure out his second act and his third act and his fourth act. Like mm -hmm. I just, I have chapters. I say I have chapters and seasons of my life. This is, I'm, I feel it extremely called to to being a champion for mothers and working moms and families right now. That's what I feel desperately called to. Um, I may have a new call in my life in five years, and that's okay. I hold everything loosely. I just chase what's on my heart. Um, we can give ourselves permission to try new things in new seasons. And that's what I that's what I've done. So I I have an I have an appreciation for that that last chapter. Um, 
and yeah, there are bits and pieces that uh, that I miss, but I'm I'm really content with with this new chapter that I'm in right now. That's awesome. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, tell me about the book. The book, you know, it, it's the it's the age old question, right? Uh, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you uh-huh. want to be when you grew up? I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> and to ask any seven year old kid that and. Um, what are they going to say? A firefighter? They're going to say a teacher or a nurse? And it's almost always along, you know, those gender lines. The girl has to be the nurse mm. and the teacher, and the boys, the firefighter or the doctor. But I just think we're even, you know, back to school this year. You see all those first and second graders holding up the sign and it says, "When I grow up, I want to be a singer or I want to be a veterinarian." And I'm like, why are we putting so much pressure on kids to figure it all out at yeah. such a young age? Mm-hmm. You know, as if is are we telling them? that that's their only value that they bring hmm. to society is their job. And guess what? Their job's going to change a bunch of times. It's going to change like seven times as I think the the national average now. Um, I just think, you know, look, I don't want to demonize work. I think it's really important, um, but we're going to be called to different things in different seasons. And I, I, I think we have to learn to ask a different question of our kids. And that's, who do you want to be when you grow up? What kind of person do you want to be? Like, let's praise the things that matter most. Like, I don't, I tell my kids all the time, Janice, I'm like, I don't care what you do when you get older. I want you to be a good human. I want you to be compassionate. I want you to be generous. I want you to be respectful. I want you to be the one that people can count on to step up if, if you know, and advocate for them. Um, and so it's, it's always asking my kid, what kind of person do you want to be finding the gifts and talents that they have been uniquely given? We've all been given unique talents and gifts. I love to ask questions. I like to get to the bottom of things. I'm curious. I like to advocate. I take that into all the different chapters of calling in my life. So I just really think we need to start praising the right things and tell kids that like, you're going to offer so much more to society than your job. What kind of person do you want to be? Um, what's important to you? And when my kids are doing something and um, I'm not happy with them with the way they're responding, I'll just say, is that the kind of person you want to be right now? Hmm. And they're, they're usually like, no. I'm like, okay, well, try to, what kind, what kind of person do you want to be in this moment? So just getting kids, it's just, it's us praising the right things, Janice, praising when our kid, when your, when your child opens the door for you and a bunch of strangers at the gas station, praising them. Thank you so much. That was, I, that was so generous of you. Praising when you're, when one of your children does something nice for your other child. Mm-hmm. That was so great. I loved how you handled that. Instead of, look, we were so accustomed to the accomplishment, the accolade and the spotlight and the achievement and that's success, right? But like, isn't real success? shaping our our the future this next generation into good human beings like let's start asking a different question you can choose your vocation down the road and guess what it's going to change you don't have to choose one thing but what what's not going to change about you is the kind of person you want to be who do you want to be your gifts and talents what's important to you so let's foster the things that matter most i think it's brilliant i mean have you had you. teachers in school say uh, 
yes, we need to do more of this <laughs> instead of, yeah. listen, I remember yeah. career day. I, I, you know, it did yes. kind of shape me a little bit because, you know, you do the questionnaire. She's good at this. I'm good at this. I think that I would go this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point I wanted to be a flight attendant, you know, um, <laughs> and that's important. But I really think what you are stressing is much more important. Yeah. So like my youngest, for instance, I'll tell you how this plays out with him. I'm like, his name's Landon. And I'm like, Landon, you bring joy and laughter. And you're so thoughtful, but you bring joy to every room that you're in. He Hmm. loves to get people to laugh. He loves for people to be seen. Okay. And thoughtful. He's very thoughtful. So I'm like, that's who he naturally, those are his natural gifts and talents. And that's what he's good at and what he loves. And that's what's important for him is making sure people feel seen and heard right that they feel um he's very compassionate he's just he's just Mm. a big feeler and so i i praise that about him i'm like i love how you bring joy and laughter to any room uh that you're in and that you can just see people and and you're so incredibly thoughtful like with my my mother's here she's 83 he's very thoughtful with her you know like more so than the other kids but that's his natural gifting mm-hmm. that's how that's what he's good at and what he loves so it's you know the book is it takes place um this little girl named Lina it's it's career day at school <laughs> we all remember career day and she's like i have to figure out what i have to do for the rest of my life and she's under so much pressure and it takes her along this journey where she realizes that uh, the the kind of person that she wants to be is more important than what she's going to do because she's like i can figure that out later but also what i do is going to change i want i know the kind of person i want to be and who i want to be and that's more important anyway so it's a cute and there's a golden retriever in there which all the kids love um it's a cute little story and i've heard from so many teachers i'd love to turn it into curriculum too, yes yes um, for public schools because i think yes career day is good and it's important because we all have to work and but we don't need to figure it all out when and we, we're not going to do one thing for the rest of our lives what's more important is the kind of per, humans that we're raising the type of person that we want to become and even as adults janice i would ask you like now that you're grown up who do you want to be and you know the same question to me now that i'm grown up who do i what kind of person do i want to be and that i i hear that soundtrack all the time what kind of person do i want to be today you know how do i is this is this whatever behavior i'm exhibiting is that living up to the kind of person that i want to be and who i was uniquely created to be and my giftings and talents so and what's important to me so i'd love to figure out some sort of curriculum because i'm real passionate about it and all my proceeds go to the boys and girls clubs of america i'm a trustee and i believe that kids are our future so i'm excited to give all my money to any any royalties i make from the book to to the boys and girls club i love that how did you get involved with them Oh my gosh, I got involved with them, I think like nine years ago when I was working at Good Morning America. I I believe our parent company, Disney, was very involved and I think still is to this day with Boys and Girls Club as a a donor and a sponsor. And the Boys and Girls Club have um, events throughout the year, Youth of the Year events, and they asked me to emcee one of them and I loved it and I loved the mission. And just hearing the stories of these kids that often the clubs are the it's are the safest place for these children um there's 5000 clubs 4 to 5000 clubs are i think it's 5000 now 5000 clubs nationwide um how the club like intervened at really crucial times and often saved their life the majority of them say the club saved their life and the more i got to hear about the organization the more i wanted to get involved so i continued to mc events for them and whatever they needed um 
And then when I left ABC, I was like, I still want to stay involved with you guys. And they asked me to be a trustee. So I've been doing a lot of work with them on committees and raise, helping to raise money for them. They're a nonprofit. So yeah, it's just, I'm really, it's, it's an honor to, to beat the drum for, for the Boys and Girls Club. And it also like falls under that whole who, you know, the kind of person I want to be, I want to, I want to advocate for mothers and families right now. And it, um, so it's so part of my heart and what's important to me right now. I love it. I've got Charles Payne coming up on the podcast in a couple of oh, weeks. Amazing. And he he says the Boys and Girls Club saved his life. And I went to yeah. an event uh, recent, recently honoring him because he he just wants to give back so much like you to this place that really made an impact on him as a, as a kid. Mm, so I think it's really awesome. important to continue to highlight uh, these wonderful organizations that, you know, that's deserve right. the light shone on them. Yeah. Well, and Janice, like, again, kids are either the future of this country or they're not. They're our greatest natural resource or they're not. And for those that say, your kid, your problem, or why is it my problem? And we hear about the the pending childcare crisis. I'm like, it's all of our issues because he, even from an economic standpoint, yes, it's it's the right thing to do to support families. But even from an economic standpoint, like if we ever wanna grow our economy, we need a labor force. And we're continuing to have fewer and fewer children, which means 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're gonna have a diminished labor force because we're making it so hard mm. on families in this country. We're making it in incredibly difficult to raise children, to have children. So we're having fewer and fewer children, which means it's going to impact our bottom line from an economic standpoint, because we will not have a bustling labor force without a bustling labor force where we cannot have a booming economy. You're going to see the impact of this 10, 15 years from now if we don't start valuing families now and supporting them and celebrating them um, for the right reason, not just the economic reason. We're going to be really crippled pretty well, soon. Sign me up. <laughs> because I want to help as well. Um, you know, tell me about your your website and how moms can get sure. involved and, you know, yeah. how can, we can carry that message. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wrote a book in March called You Don't Have to Carry It, I'll Ditch the Mom Guilt and Find a Better Way Forward. And it's like a roadmap and a hug and a sword for moms. So if you want to pick that up, but carrymedia.com and that's C-A-R-R-Y, like we carry babies, we carry burdens, we carry a lot as mothers. And we provide load lessening content um, for working moms on your journey. So we have a weekly newsletter. You can sign up for that at carrymedia.com. It's a, you get it once a week. It's load lessening content. It's free. It's called the carry all. So I um, would love for you to sign up for that. Um, and we just want to take something off your plate. We want you to feel seen and heard and valued. And we want you to know that we are beating the drum for you and we won't stop until being a working mom works until motherhood is celebrated instead of scrutinized. Do you have any stories of people that have written you and said, you know what, I saw this on your website and it totally helped me out? <clears throat> I get so we get emails like that all the time. And I have people reach out to me. I have had a friend. Um, she's now become a friend. Reach out to me on Instagram. She's like, Paula. You know, I read some of your content and then I got your book and she's like, I've now started an employee resource group to help benefit parents. Like it's just to see how it's empowered so many women and mothers um, is just like it's one of the greatest honors of my life, because I know at the end of the day, like I just I'm doing this to support mothers and to support families and like strong families equal us uh, are the bedrock of our country. Mm -hmm. That's that's my goal. So, it's, it's our really greatest cool job. 
It's our greatest it job. It really, it really is. And it's not it a really job is. either. You know what I mean? I, I feel like when I say that, it's mm-hmm. it's hard work. It is. Um, but it's it's what I was put on this earth to do, at least for yeah, me. For sure. Um mm-hmm. and and so it you know, raising our kids to be good human beings, man, if we Absolutely. can do a little bit of that, then we've crushed it. Yeah, we really have. I mean, I, it's this, you know, the health of a nation is truly determined by how it treats and values families. Mm. It really is. So I, we say we're family friendly in this country, but we don't really do a good job of, yeah. of uh, manifesting that um, through our attitudes and policies. But I'm, but like I said, I'm really confident in the next generation. I really am. I'm confident in the direction that we're going in certain areas. Yes, like there is there there is a news report and it's doom and gloom when it comes to the child care crisis but i feel like overall like we're still continuing to have these conversations which is the most important thing having the conversations talking about it doing something about it moving in the right direction making progress progress mm. progress baby steps well you are an inspiration and uh, i'm a big fan and i and i want to be on that list too of because uh, it's Aww. it's important it's important to support each other and Absolutely. you know we have the same mission our voices are stronger together they really are one plus one in this economy and in this society doesn't equal two it equals a lot more than that i don't know what it equals but i know that it's more than two janice you got it i just do thank you so much and um thank you for all the work you do and for your heart for families and mothers and fathers and children and um i can see that advocacy in action and the world needs people like us right they need all different um personalities and giftings and um, but it's it's my honor to do this and to have your support, and you have my full support too, Janice. I know that. Well, to be continued, my friend. Uh, yes. And th- the book is amazing. And how can we Thank get you. that? Who do you, you want to be when you Amazon. grow up? Yeah, oh. you can get it on Amazon. Pretty much anywhere books are sold. It was actually sold out the day that it came out, September twelfth. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So it was it was temporarily out of stock. You could still order. It's back in stock. It's doing real well. Um, so all, again, all my proceeds go to the Boys and Girls Club. That's so amazing. thank you for supporting that. And do I get a sticker? Did you say a sticker or something? We're You're going to get that the, out for the Dean's List? The Dean's List sticker. And, and you've Aww. just inspired me. I'm going to make sure that that happens. <laughs> <laughs> or a stamp or something, right? Something. I love it. Uh, I you love know, because it. it's just a little reminder that that you you're Aww, a good you're a, a good human being. Thank you. All you right, my love. Being too. Thank you, Janice. Oh, Keep shining your light, okay? Same. I tell my kids every day I drop them off at school. I'm like, go shine your light today. Oh, That's I the love That's the next are. book title. Oh, but for you as a meteorologist, go shine your... Oh! <gasps> Well, let's Welcome work on that together. Why don't we work do on that, that together? together? <laughs> okay, I like it. There's okay. our next project. I love it. Okay, oh, great. amazing. Well, let's be Thank in touch, you, my love. Okay. You got it. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, Paula, for spending time with us today. Isn't she amazing? She really is. I bought her book, Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up? Because even though my kids are teenagers, I think the messaging of this is so important. What kind of human do we want to be? And not necessarily when we grow up but grow as people because there's always room for improvement. Here's a little excerpt from it. I don't know exactly what I want to do when I grow up, but I know the kind of person I want to be and the things I care about. I love helping people. I'm curious and I like to learn about new things. I like math and I like cheering people up when they're sad. And here's what else I know. I don't want to do just one thing for the rest of my life. 
I can do a whole bunch of different things. So I'm not sure what I want to do. I can figure that out later. But I do know who I want to be, and that's the most important thing. You can buy Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Up Now, and all proceeds go to the Boys and Girls Club. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.